1: hello hope you're okay and had a good weekend thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on monday may the 30th we're going to start with news that people living in a village near maidstone say they're worried about the safety of their pets following a series of vicious dog attacks now residents in marden say a bully breed dog has attacked several other animals including a dachshund that died from his injuries well ish joins me now to talk through this one so Ish, how many dogs have been injured then
0: well there have been 10 separate reports to police about the dog and its owner. Three pet owners have spoken to Kent Online about it and describe what happened to their pets. Aidan Smith and his partner, Irina, owned eight-year-old Bailey, a Dachshund Shih Tzu cross. It was mauled by the dog which had got into their garden through an open gate. Sadly, little Bailey didn't survive. Jess and Cindy, who live nearby, along with Hawes and Lewis, both saw their black Labrador seriously injured by the same animal.
1: It sounds horrific. What have police said?
0: Well, police have told us they are are aware of the reports concerning the behaviour of a dog in Collier Street. They go on to say that officers have spoken to the owner... ...and no criminal offences have been identified. Now, interestingly, the RSPCA say it is an offence for dogs to attack assistance dogs... ...so a guide dog, for example, but not a pet dog. However, the charity does advise owners to report any attack to the police immediately.
1: The council have spoken to us as well, haven't they?
0: Yes, they say they are investigating the incidents and working with the police... The authority do have the power to issue fixed penalty notices when there is sufficient evidence. And if anyone does have any information, they can email animalwelfare at maidstone.gov.uk or call 01622-60202.
1: Kent Online News Elsewhere today, a number of homes have been evacuated following the discovery of a suspected bomb in Medway. A specialist team, along with police, fire crews and paramedics, were called to orbit close in Walterslade yesterday morning. The area is said to have been made safe after a few hours. We have asked police for more details. Almost 100 weapons have been seized by police during a week-long campaign to crack down on knife crime. Officers stopped and searched 119 people and 31 were arrested for offence including possessing knives and drugs. It follows a spate of crimes, particularly in Maidstone Town Centre, where a specific crime squad has been set up to deal with the problem. A man's been arrested following reports of a car being driven dangerously in the grounds of a Kent Castle. Police were called to Rochester just before midday yesterday. Witnesses said a man was also spotted trying to climb the ramparts. A former Maidstone man who attacked a drug dealer with a kitchen knife has had his sentence increased because it was considered too lenient. George Stemp was initially jailed for three and a half years in March 2019 for stabbing the victim in Tunbridge Wells after demanding more cocaine. A judge has decided the 26-year-old who's from Thames Street in Greenwich will now serve a total of five years behind bars. Now drivers are still being urged to avoid part of Gravesend Town Centre for several days after a huge fire saw part of a building collapse into the street. It's still not known what started the blaze at the listed property on Queen Street last Thursday where well, the former pub is right on the junction with Milton Road, a main route into town, which is going to stay closed until June the 2nd, which is Thursday. We've been hearing from Gravesham councillor Lenny Rolls he's the member for Riverside Ward which covers that whole area
2: this was an iconic building um you know one of the it's been in the town for a long while was previously a notable public house it's a listed building it's a real shame to see the amount of devastation that it's withstood due to the fire you, know, you can understand why there's a lot of upset around it it's caused a lot of devastation not only to the actual building itself but also to surrounding properties and I'm sure the council will be doing all they can to help those you know residents that are affected by the fire in the town and make sure that they're supported uh, once the initial operations are out the way. It's too early to tell really what the future is to the building and neighbouring properties. I know uh, members of staff have been in touch uh, with um, with the building owners and I know that there's an awful lot of work to secure the building and the surrounding areas and there will be uh, likely to be a lot of di- disruption in the coming days um, to come. Um, we had officers from the council on the scene yesterday uh, for most of the day, um, including colleagues from Building Control who are going to fully assess the extent of the fire damage. Um, where the buildings are the listed building, there are legal guidelines that need to be followed in respect of any potential urgent work, uh, either in the interest of health and safety or for the preservation of the building. But I'm sure the council officers will be working with the owner in the coming days um, and continue to provide them advice and assistance in the coming months people driving around the town will need to be aware that Milton Road and Queen Street will be closed at least least until the 2nd of June while work continues on the site to make it safe and they may even be closed for longer. Um, Clearly this has implications for traffic in the town centre. Um, It's the heart of the one-way system and Milton Road in particular is a key route into and out of the town. I really think if possible people should try to plan ahead. Uh, and avoid this part of town. Um, There's likely to be a huge amount of traffic disruption and there'll need to be a great deal of patience, unfortunately, whilst works to secure the building and the surrounding area take place, particularly at peak time. Um, And I'd really ask people to avoid, if at all possible, driving into town um, in any direction that takes them past Milton Road and Queen Street, if they possibly can, while Milton Road remains closed. I'd like to really thank the firefighters who battled the blaze it must have been a hugely difficult job um, and you know they've done a, a great job at preventing the spread of the fire to surrounding properties and surrounding areas as always our emergency services put their cells between you know us that need to be protected and I think on behalf of all the residents of Gravesend in my ward in particular I'd really like to pass on their thanks for the work that they've done um, to in in the past 24 hours and the ongoing work that they do.
1: Just a reminder, you can see pictures and video from the scene by heading to the Gravesend pages of Kent Online.
0: This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone.
1: The Dover MP has called for more to be done to ease traffic congestion in the town. There are long delays over the weekend as thousands of people headed away for half term or travelled to the Champions League final in Paris. Natalie Elphick wants a complete overhaul of the current system which sees lorries queuing on the a20 into town a best man and his wife from snodland have been injured after a car plowed into the wedding convoy as they headed to the ceremony in crete dean and Gemma fitton were left trapped and had to be flown back to britain by air ambulance after it happened earlier this month with well, Gemma is still being treated at Pembrokeshire hospital for a back injury Dean has been telling us what happened and said they had an incredibly lucky escape.
3: That morning we uh, left to go about 11 o'clock. There was five cars. Um, We could have got into four cars and left our car, which someone shouted to us, you know, come and get in our cars, but we wanted to drive ourselves. Um, Along the way, I think I was fifth in the convoy and then something happened to one of the other cars and we ended up all changing positions and I ended up fourth, uh, which was lucky in some respects that we were due to if, if we wouldn't have changed then the car would have hit and one of the cars that had a baby in it. Uh, so we're thankful that it was, you know, it was us and not the one with the, the baby in it. Um, remember the crash very clearly. Um, a car just basically didn't follow the curvature of the road round and just come straight onto to our side of the road um, he would have missed us if he hadn't tried to correct it and by him trying to correct it he comes straight into us um, I remember the car rolling backwards onto oncoming traffic traffic and me trying to get my leg free from underneath the, the brake pedal which I managed to do. As we was rolling backwards, uh, I was trying to press the brakes to make us stop, but the brakes weren't working. Um, there was a, a, a cliff or like a hill where we would have rolled down, but I remember pulling up the handbrake um, and obviously checking on Gemma, who was uh, yeah, in a lot of pain, saying her wrist and she couldn't breathe. Uh, and I remember. People in our party running over to the to the car checking on us, asking if it was all right, holding Gemma's neck because she couldn't breathe and said that her back was hurting um I managed to be assisted from the from the crash um I couldn't walk and they practically dragged me away from it and sat me in another car whilst um the paramedics come and and um yeah they they tended to Gemma. I will say though that the paramedics didn't do a very good job they just basically tried to pull Gemma out of the car there was no uh, backboard put on her, no no um collar um nothing it, it was up to people first responders in our party that had experience who was telling the crete people that no you need to do this i mean at one point they even tried to make a stand out in in broken glass um And then off to the hospital we went a very bumpy ride i think the the ambulance driver found every pothole in crete um to where me and Gemma Gemma was separated i could hear her screaming in the next room and i was trying to get to her they wouldn't let me um and then once they checked me over they basically discharged me with no painkillers no crutches no nothing and and took me up to Gemma in a ward and and basically had me sit in a chair next to her for, for three days uh, whilst I still had all my injuries. Uh, I had to nurse her better because the nursing system over there is not like it is here. The family have to nurse them. Obviously with all my injuries it was it was quite difficult uh, and obviously not speaking the language and the culture difference. Um, they were very rough with Gemma and, and caused her a lot of pain. I'd also say that you know our insurance company has been out of the world um the The people that we we spoke to um helped us every step of the way. I can't explain how how important it is for people to get holiday insurance um because if you're stuck in a country and you don't have have holiday insurance after something like this. And, and getting home. I mean, we had the holiday insurance and it was traumatic enough. So without having holiday insurance, you can only imagine, you know, how, how somebody going to get home? Uh, we was fortunate enough to, to have a great insurance company who provided everything. They moved us to a private hospital where we got better care after three days. Um, and then uh, they got us a private flight home. So there was, a, with a... a private doctor and a private par- paramedic seen to Gemma every step of the way until they got us back here to the UK and, and, and actually accompanied us to the to the hospital here at, at Pembroke. Uh, not leaving Gemma's side until care was handed over.
1: We do wish Gemma a speedy recovery and thanks ever so much to Dean for sharing their story. More than 20 people have objected to plans for a new housing estate on the outskirts of Canterbury. Developers want to build 200 homes on farmland off Nackington Road but residents are worried about the impact it might have on wildlife and traffic. The people behind the idea says those issues have been taken into account and they'd be providing much needed housing in a popular area where you can see artists' impressions of what it would look like if it is eventually built by heading to the story on the website today. Meantime, people living in part of Maidstone fear someone could be killed if nothing's done about a busy road junction. It's where Willington Street meets Deringwood Drive next to Moat Park and is regularly used by children heading to and from school. Councillor Gordon Newton says lorries using the stretch are a particular problem.
2: They have to put their speed on to get up the other side of the hill. It it is a problem. Additionally, there is a blind spot where vehicles cannot see who's crossing the road at the bottom.
1: A developer building more than 400 homes nearby was told to make improvements, including traffic lights, but they wanted to delay the work until at least 100 properties have been built and occupied. That's been agreed by the local authority. More than 80 years after a German bomber crashed in Ashford, it's hoped one of the crew's caps, which was picked up by a curious teenager, can finally be returned to his relatives. The aircraft came down at the Spearpoint Recreation Ground on May the 11th 1941. Jack Peters lived nearby and was one of the first on the scene and helped the wounded airman and helped himself to the Luftwaffe cap. Sadly it doesn't have any ID inside but Jack's grandson is hoping to get it back to the crewman's family. Now, the podcast has been told tours of a wrecked bomb ship off Sheppey are going to continue as there's no sign of work starting to remove its rusting masts. The SS Richard Montgomery sank in August 1944 and still has 1,400 tonnes of unexploded bombs on board. The organisers of boat tours to the site say they'll carry on running as a date to start the work still hasn't been confirmed. Kent Online reports. Now, as half term gets underway, lifeguards are returning to patrol beaches in Kent. They'll be at sites including Sheerness, Minis Bay, and Margate's main sands. Last year, the RNLI teams attended more than 500 incidents on the coast in the county and saved four lives. We've been speaking to Charlie Frame, who's from the charity.
4: Definitely going to be busy, especially um, with people able to go on holiday now. I think we're going to get a lot of visitors coming down to the beaches. Um, so definitely going to be big, uh, large populations, um, especially with no COVID now. There's yeah definitely going to be loads of people around.
5: And what are some of the dangers for people heading towards the coast over the next week?
4: Some of the dangers they need to be aware of is obviously just like the water, like generally, like just making sure that people are swimming in between our red and yellow flags, going to a lifeguarded beach um, and just following any sort of safety advice the lifeguards are giving to them. Um We may have some offshore winds next week, potentially. And if we do have offshore winds, just making sure people are aware of when the lifeguards are putting up the orange windsock and any sort of announcements that they're giving to the general public.
5: And I know that sometimes, especially here in the UK and in Kent, uh, the water can sometimes be deceivingly cold, can't it? So um, what, you know, what dangers can that pose?
4: Yeah, so sometimes if the water is quite cold, at the moment I think it's about 13 degrees. So if people do go into cold water shock, potentially we give out the um, the float to live um, advert. And basically, yeah, if you just lie on your back, float, and just try not to panic. Uh you, you set yourself in a better stance of not getting yourself into too much trouble. Just it's important to remember that you go to a lifeguarded beach, swim between the red and yellow flags, listen listen to all the lifeguard advice like they are doing it for good reason. So yeah, just like, be aware of all of that and yeah have a brilliant week on the beach
1: The patrols are run from 10 in the morning until 6 in the evening with swimmers urged to stay between the red and yellow flags Now we're just days to go until the long Jubilee weekend it seems there's one part of Kent that'll be celebrating more than anywhere else There have been more applications for road closures for street parties in Tunbridge and Moorling than any other part of the county 84 have been submitted in the area Tunbridge Wells is second with 69 street parties is taking place, followed by Canterbury with 66. You can see how many are happening where you live at Kent Online. Bit of sad news about the Jubilee though. The Archbishop of Canterbury is going to miss the Thanksgiving service for the Queen because he's got coronavirus. He's also been suffering from mild pneumonia symptoms since last week. The Archbishop of York will take his place for the sermon at St Paul's Cathedral on Friday instead. Elsewhere, residents at a hospice in Gravesend are getting behind the mic to write a special song celebrating the Queen's Jubilee. Inspired by Her Majesty's love of music, Eleanor Hospice has been awarded funding to write, compose and create the tune. Andrew Loudon is the operational lead for wellbeing at the Hospice.
5: So we were looking to do something special for the Jubilee. Um, we we're always looking to do exciting new projects at Eleanor and make sure that our patients have uh, opportunities to try things that they might not have done before. Um, and one of the ways that we thought we would be a great way to um, explore and celebrate the Jubilee was via the medium of music the Queen is a huge fan of music and uh, and what better way to actually put our energy into writing a song targeted at the Jubilee uh, which not only celebrates uh, the life of the Queen and the, the desire and need to um, enjoy your life and do as much in your life as you can but also it leaves a legacy for the patients that are involved in the project so once they have passed away, um, there's something that they've been part of that's left for their families and indeed friends to listen to. So, as a charity, we need to raise funds to provide the services that we do for our patients and and without donations from trustees and and, and individual givers, um, we're not able to do that. So these kind of um, pots of money that we're able to apply for really allow us to do these projects because without it we wouldn't be able to. Um, And so it's really allowed us to, um, I suppose, stretch our wings, try something a little bit different, try something new, and give people an opportunity are doing things that they wouldn't have done before i don't think there's many people who have sat down and composed and written a song and then had it recorded and published um, and for our patients that's an opportunity that they've they've been given
1: at kent online today you can find out where beacons are going to be lit across kent this week to mark the jubilee dozens will burn brightly from 9 45 on thursday evening marking the end of the first day of national celebrations for her majesty they're situated in towns and villages across the county. You can see an interactive map within the story to find the nearest one to where you live. Whilst you're on the site today, you can also read about the Raynham Gardener who used to work at Buckingham Palace. Stuart Bourne started working there in the run-up to the Diamond Jubilee in 2012. He can't reveal too much of his time there, but says the Queen was always very keen to know what was going on in the garden and keen to ask questions. And back in 1952, would you believe the cost of a pint was just six Now, several pubs in the county have cut their prices to just that to celebrate the Jubilee. Green King is limiting the offer to one per person today. If you say the right code word at the bar, that is. We've got details on what it is on the website. Elsewhere, Harry Styles has finally been knocked off the top spot on the Kent Top 40. On our sister radio station, KMFM, Lizzo's About Damn Time is at number one, followed by Eurovision star Sam Ryder's Spaceman. George Ezra's Green Green Grass is at number three. And this this is possibly the strangest story from over the weekend in kent a silver pendant found by a metal detectorist near gravesend has been declared a piece of treasure it was discovered in a field in Hyam in 2020 is silver and shaped like a penis turns out it's from roman times and is the first of its kind to be found in england experts at the british museum say it's a significant national find kent online
0: sports
1: Cricket first and Kent's disappointing start to their T20 Blast campaign has continued. The defending champions remain winless after losing a third game in a row, the latest being a four-run defeat to Sussex Sharks at Hove. They face Gloucestershire next on Wednesday. And in football the Gillingham boss has suggested fans will have to be patient and wait a while until they hear about new signings. A number of players are in discussions with the Gills as Neil Harris works to rebuild the squad following their relegation to League 2 but he says it's unlikely Likely, the club will bring in four or five new players until July. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the
0: Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group